1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Do you know there's not one single miracle not one single answered prayer, not one single period of bliss or peace that does not involve at least a temporary state of surrender to divine self. That said, however, it's, that's not how we generally think about it. Not only is the whole idea of surrender a difficult one for us to consider, but the whole idea of self as divine is all but intolerable to many. So on today's show, we're going to explore what it means to surrender and what it means to surrender to divine self. Everyone out there who's considering the possibility of an answered prayer, who longs for bliss or peace, who's seeking a miracle, should be here for today's show. Be here for the whole thing. So, let's talk about this whole thing about surrender. What does it mean to surrender? Well, first, many of you have heard it doesn't mean waving a white flag and giving up to uh, the power of something else. That's something that we will resist doing. We, We are too attached to all the things that we identify with, to uh, allow ourselves to just put put up that white flag and say, okay, you can have me. Um, Many of the uh, traditional mores of thinking with regard to religion, whether it's Western or Eastern religion, say something about you know that whole thing of giving up the self. Even in Buddhism, there's an idea that, or at least an interpretation of an idea—not in my opinion, an accurate one—but an interpretation of an idea that uh, uh, when we are, uh, when when we talk about self and no self, the idea of no self is actually means that this that there is this uh, sense of nothingness, that there is nothing there anymore, if we are to become one with the Buddha nature um With the Christian faith, the idea is just the opposite that 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 uh, if we if we surrender to God, then we have left behind any sense of self. There's just no self there. So um, that is not what we're going to be talking about today. When we when we talk about surrender, what we're actually talking about is moving into the more, Organic, or the natural way of being. So many times you will see in the in the um, Zen koans that that um, there's a a comparison of humanity to nature, um, a, a, a willingness to sit with, nat- with nature and be present with the sky and be present with the birds and and just be there, participating in a natural seen um and and so very commonly it is true in the in the western more western motifs that um we talk about those moments of being present with nature as awesome we that we are experiencing the awe of being inspired by what is nature and what is natural uh so when we talk about getting into the more organic, what we're talking about is getting into the more natural. So surrender is a, a way of just being with what what is the most natural part of ourselves, the most organic. And I don't mean biological. I mean organic, though spiritual, part of ourselves. Um, it, it, a way of describing it is, is one of the ways that I was taught how to canoe or how to kayak Uh I used to uh, do a little bit of kayaking, not much, but a little bit of kayaking. And I was taught that um, one of the things I was to look for in the water was the, the, the V shape, the, the letter V upside down where the point of the V is facing um, outward. Um, and so I'm heading toward the inner part of that point with my the point of my boat so that what happens when you get into that V is that you are flowing with the natural rhythms and pace of the river. You're not having to fight against a current. You're not having to fight against rapids. You're just in that place of surrender in the river, where the river carries you, and it it doesn't force you off to the side, as we often do when we're trying to push against some rapid or some um, uh, flow of the river that isn't, in that central place where that V is, so you look for the that inner point of the V, and you just take off down the river, and it and it the boat carries you. You don't have to do a lot of work, um, and that's what I mean when I talk about surrender. You could call it the same thing as a a, a fish getting into the currents of the river, and not unlike the salmon, salmon flow upstream, swim upstream to spawn in certain parts of the year. Um, but I'm talking about a fish in the water that it just gets into the current and lets the war- current carry it through the water. That is surrender. Well, when we talk about uh, biology, we talk about you know we could talk about surrendering to the heart. <laughs> you know it's a heartbeat. Well, the heart's gonna. It's kind of like well, who cares? It's gonna keep beating when it, until it stops, uh, whether you surrender to it or not. But there is a part of breathing. That is a kind of surrender. Um, sexual orgasm is a kind of surrender. Uh, so that you're not trying to make it happen. It won't happen if you're trying to make it happen. Um, and, and the same thing is true with with breathing. If you start thinking about consciously making your breath do a certain thing, you start trying to control it, and then you lose touch with the natural rhythm of your breathing. And so you can get, you can pay attention to that, and many people do suggest that we pay attention to that through such practices as meditation, but uh, but to try to control it is a whole different thing. So paying attention to your breathing and your pace and its rhythm, gentle up and down movements of your chest and your stomach, uh, just kind of says, you know, I'm, I'm here in the present moment, I'm surrendered to this. So there's a lot of ways in which uh, we already surrender and don't know it. We, uh, we, we think about the way the body moves uh, when we want to go after something. Say somebody throws a ball to us and the, the hands just naturally go up and grab that ball. And that's a kind of surrender that the, 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 the body is just doing what comes natural for it to do. It's in the flow. So surrender doesn't mean that we stop doing, stop living, stop being who we are. It doesn't mean that, we, that we've gone away. It means that we've stepped into what's most natural within us. We've stepped into the flow. We've stepped into the rhythm and the pace. We've stepped into the current, and we're going to go with it. And that is what surrender means. So uh, talking about in, that in terms of psychology would mean that I am... Uh, I am going to be able to surrender to my most authentic self. I'm going to um, be who I actually am instead of trying to be somebody that I'm not. Uh, in so doing, I find all kinds of, uh, of elemental um, uh, aspects of myself that my, I might not otherwise recognize. So I, uh, by tuning in, by paying attention to what's really there inside of me, I become more authentic. And in the same way, as I'm becoming authentic, I discover more about myself. So that's a kind of surrender. So you, it's not like I'm working hard to to uh, to develop that. Although there is a work in it, it's a it's an effortless effort because you become aware the psyche just wants you to become aware. So you do become aware because you've said, I really want to get to know who I actually am. The psyche starts giving you information about who that is. So there is work, but the psyche is doing it in an organic way. It's not done by pushing against the river uh, or, or pushing the river. Um, we 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 so often think that we go to a, a therapist and there's going to be a lot of work involved and and, and we're gonna to have to feel all this pain and you know uncover childhood issues, et cetera, et cetera. And what I find to be true is that there's a flow. Um, there's a kind of just authentic flow that comes from the psyche that gives us a leadership. And if I if if I as the therapist and the client will work together in that same flow, then we uncover things in a very natural, organic way. It's not something that we have to push on or, you know, stab at or try to, you know, people talked about, a long time ago, people talked about therapy being someplace where you'd have to get in touch with the inner child. And there was a lot of uh, mockery of that simultaneous to a lot of people working on that. And, uh, you know, what was a part of that process was going back into your childhood and remembering traumatic experiences or difficult experiences that happened back then and trying to bring them into the present so that you could work on them and discover what um you left behind back there well i you know that has gone by the by because what people discovered was that when uh, a therapist tried to sort of uh open up that possibility for a client. What sometimes happened was that instead of a client being able to go to the past and, and uh, pull up those memories and be able to work on them, what happened is the client began to re-identify with those memories and to be re-traumatized by those memories. So people started saying, no, this is not the way to do this. Um, so now... What what I find to be true is that in therapy, when when you're working with a client, what happens very commonly is that uh, there the energy that is the authentic self will just present in therapy what needs to come up, what needs to be said, what needs to will give us a little thread perhaps of information that we can both pull on a little bit together and and look at, and it generates a whole area of of activity and possibility and uh, um, something that the client can actually lay hands on in a kind of uh, psychological, metaphorical way. They sort of lay hands on an aspect of themselves that they didn't know was there and and thereby heal it. There's something about bringing it up into awareness that is in and of itself healing. Uh, So therapy is not a place where we go to get perfect it's not a place where we go to uh, to uh, facilitate uh, this all this kind of uh, work that we have to do. We don't want to sit there and you know carve on ourselves to 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 make ourselves better, uh, improve ourselves, or push ourselves into place. What we want is for the psyche to speak to us. We want the psyche the psyche to s- step up and, and say what it's got to say. It's kind of like what I want to do as a therapist is I want to open up that room and allow someone's psyche to start speaking to me uh, about its wholeness, about its uh, its woundedness, about its um, soulful desires, about it, its uh, need for belonging, all of those things. I want to hear from that. And so if I open up the space for that, then what begins to happen is that people come in and we just begin to sort of dance around that a little bit until it starts to uh, come forth. Uh, and as it does, then the client becomes more aware of what's going on inside of him or her and they are actually able to metaphorically lay hands on it and heal it. So that's that's a kind of surrender, that process. And it, it is not based in, again, that kind of work that says you have to drudge through the horrible things in your life and figure out all the bad things that you do in your life and you know not be so uh, as in the vernacular screwed up you know we just we go in there and we're going to get perfect after we go to therapy right Um, we're not going to get perfect we are going to get aware though if we do the work and the work will be a work of surrender an effortless effort and those those two words together are kind of oxymoronic in that it seems like we're saying something that can't possibly be true. If it's effort, how can it be effortless? And if it's effortless, how can it be effort? Well, it's effort because it, it's new, it's unfamiliar, it's uh, it, and it and it's effort in the way that a flower will uh, or a seed will you know begin to open and push forth its its vegetation whatever that is whether it's a tree or a flower or a blade of grass begins to push that forward up into the ground and and out of the ground and into the air and 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 expose and manifest its truest potential Um, and that that capacity is natural to the to the to the seed it's natural to the plant to grow that way it is work but it's natural work, so that it doesn't, it, it it isn't the kind of work that creates so much effort that it can't be done. That it just um, feels like work. And I don't know what a plant or a, or a flower or a tree feels like. I can only imagine that. But I can tell you that in myself, when I've done a work that is the effortless effort of what I would call the divine self, it 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 is uh, it comes from that organic kind of place where. I'm doing the work, but it's kind of flowing through me as me. Um, when I sit down to write a book, for example, I it just I, I sit there and l- let the inner the um, the thoughts run through me, and I throw them down on paper, and that's how that works. And it's so it's work. I'm busy doing it, but it's also effortless in that there's. There's an I am that is divine self or a deeper self that's doing it. And when I get through, I'm energized. I'm not worn out and exhausted from doing it um, because it's not been that kind of effort that creates exhaustion. There are kinds of work that create exhaustion. I remember one time when I was uh, early on in my uh, therapeutic uh, career, I uh, was counseling with a client and I came after after the session was over I talked to my supervisor who we all have to have supervisors if we're going to be licensed we have to be supervised for a number of years before we can actually hang our own um, sign up and uh, and be able to practice independently we so I I was under supervision at the time and I came out of the session and I said man I'm exhausted and my supervisor said that means you did all the work so I was doing the work instead of the client doing the work, which meant the client wasn't really going to get much out of that. And uh, so that was a lesson learned for me, and I learned how to surrender to the process of, of the therapeutic process instead of pushing it and trying to get the client to do or see or feel or think. Uh, I would allow the client to bring forth what's really there inside. So that, uh, that's that kind of surrender again. It's work. The client's doing some work. I'm doing some work, but it's not the work that creates exhaustion because it's surrender. So that's what I mean by effortless effort. So when you hear the terms effortless effort, what it means is the work that comes from surrender. The work that comes from being present with your own natural, organic, authentic self that just produces because it's in it to produce. Like the seed produces a tree because it's in it to produce the tree. Um, it doesn't produce it because it has to, or it ought to, or it should, or it's got to put it in place. It does it because it, it's in it to do. And so that kind of work is uh, effortless. So surrender is all about that kind of effortless effort. It's about that uh, ability to find the V in the river and head your kayak or your canoe straight toward that V and let the river carry you. Um, it's about a fish finding the current in the water and being carried by the water to where it's going. It's, uh, it's about trusting that the river will carry you. It's about trusting that the current will carry you. And so when I'm, as a therapist, if I'm sitting in the room with a client, I also have to trust that the psyche knows its own process. And so I have to trust that client to have a psyche, to have a psyche that knows what it's doing and to have a psyche that knows it wants to be whole. And I do trust that. And I do trust that, the, that everyone's psyche means to get them to wholeness. And that person has walked into the office and has sat down on the couch and has, has basically said something about how they want to get better or whole, more whole or stop hurting or something. And that opens the door to the psyche and the processes of the psyche. And I trust that process completely, so I can surrender to it. Whether the client does or not, I don't know, but I know I can. And as we do the work, the client begins to see that, yes, I can trust this too. And that's, that is how that beautiful process takes place. And it really is holy. It really is sacred. So we can find that same kind of process in ourselves, and we're going to talk about that right after the break. So stay tuned for more right after this.
0: The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Spoiler alert. A space of being may
3: cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, joy, magic showing up in your life and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being.
4: Being here. With Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration, which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at nine a.m. Pacific, twelve noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Seventh Wave Network,
0: the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek. Greater awareness.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free. 866 472 5795 That's one 866 472 5795 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at Matthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but to bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you may get uh, a PhD, a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, a doctor of theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your own spiritual search for truth and peace, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. What's most important to AAHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what is offered by going to www.aiht.edu. Or, if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800 Six five zero four three two five. 650 4325 That's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today about what it means to surrender to divine self. And we said in the first segment that surrender is is all about uh, being in the process of your own organicity. To be in the process of your own most natural, most essential self, so that you, uh, so that you can surrender to the V in the river. Uh, we compared it to that. That what I was taught about kayaking that you point your point of your boat at the point of the V in the river, and it carries you down the river. Uh, a fish can get into the current of a river, and that will be how the fish surrenders to to the river. Uh, of of uh, budding tree, an acorn, will begin to break open if it's in the soil and begin to produce that oak tree. Why? Because it's in it to do. It's organically in it to do. So it becomes the oak tree. But there's this, it seems like that takes a lot of effort to do, and yet it's an effortless effort because the, uh, the, the effort is coming from just an organic urge to do that. So that we've—that's what surrender is all about. What we want to talk about this this segment is what do we mean by divine self? Well, first we have to discover what we mean by self. Um, self is not the same as identity. Identity is that which, which with which I identify. So, as I'm a young child, an infant, and even a toddler, um, I can. Uh, people will walk in the room and since I'm looking for mirrors I can look into their faces and say well I'm that uh, I can look into their to their sorrow or their angriness or their anxiousness and and absorb that because I'm interjecting what they are projecting and I can identify with that interjection and say I am that um, so a chi- an infant might might uh, suck his or her thumb or fist and then a few months later after they're born they reach out to take, pick up a rattle and it also goes in the mouth. It seems at first that the rattle is also me but the rattle is not me and the child has to come to learn that. That there's a me and there's a not me. And that process goes on for the first 7 to 10 years of life. It's discerning the difference between what is me and what's not me. Unfortunately by the time the child is 7 years old, the child has already identified very commonly with something that is not him. Um, the child has identified with the mother's issues or the father's projections or the, the the tenor of what goes on in the home itself or a specific role that he has to take on in order to survive in this family. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that the child can identify with something that is not who he actually is, but he puts it on in order to survive. And there's actually a beautiful book Um, by two people, um, uh, the book is called The Primal Wound, and it's by um, John Furman and Ann Gia, and um, it talks very uh, clearly about how we get sort of hypnotized into an identity that isn't who we actually are in order to cope with the primal wound of not authentically belonging to the parent's uh, we so long to belong to. And uh, so I would highly recommend that book. Again, the name of the book is The Primal Wound. It was written, I believe, in 1998 or 9, so it's, it's fairly old, but it's a very good read, so I highly recommend it. Um, so w- this whole thing about identity means that I am being something that isn't true to who I actually am. And that identity actually takes a lot of work and can exhaust us. It can wear us out, in fact. As a matter of fact, I see people come into my office who ju- their first complaint is, I'm just so exhausted. I'm so tired. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, One of their first things is, I'm just sick of everything. I'm tired of it all. And the reason they are is because they've spent 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years doing what their identity told them to do, but it was never really authentic. So they never had a surrender. They never had the ease and grace that comes from living into the authentic self. They never experienced that. And so the goal of therapy at that point would be to then help them facilitate an awareness of who they actually are as opposed to who that identity is. The exhaustion is actually a message from the authentic self to to get closer to something more real. And so the exhaustion is actually their friend. How long they've let that go on without paying attention to it, will show you the degree of exhaustion they have. Um, but so so this whole thing of consciousness and awareness that we hear these terms used quite a bit out there today, that whole thing is all about becoming aware of who we are and what we are and, and living, beginning to live from that as opposed to living from something that's not really true to who we are. Uh, and that would be surrender. Uh, so the, the, the self now... I've talked about identity. The self is the more organic, the more natural, the more uh, genuine aspects of who you are. So, um, for example, and this is going to be a real easy one to see, if I'm an artist when I'm a child, I, I, I'm really inclined toward art. But my family me- members all put that down because, you know, that's kind of, Namby-pamby. You don't want to be an artist. You can't make any money at that. You know, it's just kind of silly and frou-frou. And who wants to spend their time sitting around painting or drawing or anything like that? And besides, you know, our national government has decided that math and science are the only things that matter anyway. So, why do you want to be an artist? Well, what's the kid going to do? He lives in a whole family full of people who are telling him he can't be what he is. He's either going to rebel against that. And just you know, find a way to be an artist anyway. Or he's going to cave and be what they want him to be. So in the case where he caves, he uh, he will end up he will end up being something he's not in order to please his family, in order to survive in that family, in order to have, have a sense of belonging to that family, he will give up himself for it. And in the process, what he what happens is he becomes more depressed. He becomes more anxious. And he becomes more lost as the years go by. And eventually, he may arrive in my office or some other therapist's office to begin to figure out what's wrong, what's what's going on. So, uh, you know, he's put on an identity that says, don't be an artist, don't be who you are. But actually, he's an artist. So, the therapist might encourage him to go back to his art, to try to do some art now, to see if that wakes him up again. And... If he does, and he can really feel that lightness of being that comes from be doing what is, is really real inside of him, that may begin to be the open door that will help him become more aware of who he actually is. So who he actually is, at least in one aspect of his being, is an artist. But he's put that away in order to be something else to please the people in his family, to belong to the people in his family. So that's what I mean when I talk about authenticity as opposed to identity. Um, another way to see that is that uh, um, I'm I'm a very empathetic person. I'm I am that, but I'm I'm going to pretend to be somebody else right now. Uh, I'm a very, let's say I'm a very empathetic person, and uh, and that's natural to me. But since nobody ever taught me that I could use that for myself as well as other people, I don't understand self empathy, and I don't understand how to use it for other people. So. What happens is, I because I care so much about other people, I end up carrying other people, not just caring for them, but carrying them uh, in such a way that I feel responsible for their happiness, for their well-being, for their you know, everyday moods, for everything about them. I feel responsible because that's my job, is to make them happy and make them feel okay. And if they're not okay, I'm not okay. And so, therefore, I can't ever really be okay because they're not really okay. So what will happen then is that I'll put on that role that if I take care of other people and be responsible for other people then I will then I'll be okay. I'll I'll bargain with life and keep doing that for a long long time until I finally just get so exhausted from carrying around other people's stuff and worrying about other people all the time that I burn out and I end up in a therapist's office saying I just can't move. I, I'm exhausted. So what could happen there is that I can begin to get in touch with what is what seems to be, to a lot of people, a, a negative feeling, which would be resentment in this case. I'm beginning to resent the fact that I have to do all these things for other people, and then there's never any time for me. And besides that, none of these people are ever there for me because they, I've, we've taught, sort of trained each other to believe that I'm supposed to be there for them, and that's all I'm supposed to do. And so the, the work then... The effortless effort will, will be all about opening up to awareness of that resentment and allowing that resentment to have its full voice. To say, wait, I am sick and tired of, of you know, always being there for other people and nobody's ever there for me. I'm not even there for me. Let me think about that a minute. <laughs> you know, so then it becomes a, a natural flow to go, oh, well, I see that now. I'm beginning to see that I need to be me. I need to feel that energy of, my, uh, of myself. And if, if the person can have an actual, what we call affective or, or emotional experience with, with the authentic self, in which they experience that surrender, that organicity of being, doing something effortlessly, using effortless effort to accomplish something, then they begin to go. Oh, I get it. This is what it's like. I can just be compassionate for other people because it's in me to be that. I don't have to do that. There's no should about that. It's just there in me to do that. And if I want to go ahead, go forward with an action, then I can. My compassion and my passion are enough by themselves to lead me to right action. I don't have to have. Uh, I don't have to have a should and ought to or a loyalty or something like that to get me to behave rightly. I don't have to take care of other people's. In fact, I can't take care of other people. They have to take care of myself themselves or it's not going to happen. And those kind of awarenesses can become, you know, part of the process of awakening to that surrender that says, okay, this is who I actually am. These are the things I actually want. These are the things that I that I thrive in. These are the things that make me feel fully alive. When we feel fully alive, when we feel at peace, when we're living in joy, that is evidence that we have tapped into the authentic self. To, to that, that self that says, this is your deepest essential beingness. It, it, it's like the, the acorn that has urge to grow because it's in it to grow. That authentic self has desires, compassion, passion, that are just in it to act on and if it just acts on those things that is surrender so so when we're talking about uh, the authentic self what we mean is a sense of ourselves that is way deeper than just the things we do so I'm a radio host but is that all I do no far from it um, I'm also a therapist is that all I do no far from it I, I'm also an author. Is that all I do? No, far from it. Uh, I'm also a, a speaker. Is that all I do? No, far from it. I'm all those things, but I'm also me, just me. And there are many times when I'm not doing any of those things, and I'm just being in myself, present with me, enjoying my life, or my relationships, my my the fun times and the, the effortless effort of work times, my... My my times of just doing nothing, so um, I can't identify with any of those things as Andrea Matthews radio host extraordinaire, or or Andrea Matthews therapist extraordinaire, or speaker th- extraordinaire, etc. If I identify with those things, then I become one-sided. I'm I'm identifying with something that's not the full essence of who I am, and I can know when I have arrived at my authentic self by recognizing when I feel joy when I feel peace, when I feel a sense of inner urging to do something and I do it and it feels like a natural flow of energy. Uh, people that, uh, that are athletes call it being in the zone. They can tell when they're in the zone and when they're not because when they're not, they fumble and fall and uh, you know make mistakes and they can't get it going fast enough or they can't turn the right way or whatever it is they're trying to do. Because they're, trying, they're working against their organicity instead of with it. When we're in the flow or in the zone, we don't work against it. We work with it. It's, it's like the fish that gets into the current. It's swimming, but it's swimming in the current. And it's not work, it's effortless effort. So you can feel that difference. And that's why it's so important. It's like, you know, we've lived in a world that tells us not to feel, Not to experience reality from that that feeling inner perspective, but to go only with empirical data. And if we go with the empirical data, that's our guidance. Well, there's not always empirical data to go with. That's A. And B, uh, that forgets about the generative power that comes from just the urging to be, that is nature. That all the trees, every tree that ever grew, grew from surrender. And uh, so, so it's the same when we're looking for a prayer or uh, some kind of um, uh, a period of peace. We want some peace in our lives or we're looking for a miracle. It's the same thing when we, when we surrender to that authentic self. It generates its own outcome effortlessly. It generates its own outcome effortlessly. And we're just a part of that. We're just a, a a part of that bigger bigger thing that is busy generating its own outcome. Um, so we're going to talk some more about how how that works and about how it works with regard to miracles and prayers and peace uh, through that surrender. Right after this, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. It's
3: time to wake up and transform into your higher self. Tune into Lighten Radio with host Jay Z Bound. This is a show that's meant for you if you're seeking your highest and fullest potential. It's already within you. All you need to do is discover it and nurture it to reality. Jay Z is an intuitive and health and ascension facilitator. Get ready to connect to the divine and your authentic self. Be here for Light and Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America
4: 7th Wave Channel. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Giel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the spiritual spelunker in all of us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life. Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's one 1-866- 866 You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
2: We've been talking today about surrender to divine self, so one more question I have to answer is, what do I mean by divine self? How can that possibly be true, that divine and self could be in the same sentence? Um, because we've been taught, particularly in the Western culture, that the divine is way out there somewhere, and the self is way in here somewhere, and it's you know we, we can't put the two together because the divine is really really good and the self is really bad, so we can't really put those two together unless we go through a whole lot of ritual and a lot of prayer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, the divine—I'm just going to make this real simple. The divine—we call it the divine self because it is the soul. Is the sacred, holy essence of who we are. It is like the acorn in the ground, like I said a minute ago, that that grows into itself as a tree because it is in it to do that. That's a divine, what, what some people might call the divine spark. It's a divine energy because it's creative, it has an urge of its own, it has a power of its own, and it accomplishes what it came here to accomplish. That's what I mean by divine self. And we're not going to go any further than that. all. I could spend some time talking about the Bhagavad Gita and the, uh, the Tathagatagarbha um, from the Buddhist uh, texts. I could spend some time talking about some act- actually uh, texts from the Bible, the Jewish Tanakh, that talk about divine self. But I'm not going to go there because we don't have time for that today. But I And you will hear it in other shows and have heard it in other shows. But... Um, but today I'm just going to say it's the soul, it's that urge to be, that urge to be that is just so natural that it wants to accomplish it, what it came here to accomplish, and it will if we'll just get out of the way. <laughs> so surrender is a kind of way of getting out of the way. So how do we surrender? Well, the surrender process to the authentic self or divine self is all about uh, 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 that that letting go that says, there's an I am in me that will accomplish what it came here to accomplish without me pushing the river. I don't have to make myself a better person. I don't have to self-improve. I don't have to carve the, 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 the figure out of the stone as Michelangelo did when he did sculpture. I just have to be me. Just be that deepest essence of who I am, and that essence is unique to each individual. That's what's so miraculous about this whole thing, is as though we have things in common. Each individual is is a singular essential element of the oneness that is everything. That is the collective uh, uh, consciousness. So when we when we're talking about how we surrender, the very how to is is a flow against the surrender process. It kind of says, well, there's a way to do this, and I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to do it. And what I would say is trust the process. Trust your own psyche to carry you to wholeness, because that is what it wants to do. And when I say get out of the way, what I mean is to just be present. Spend some time every day being present with that deepest essence, um, and that's a meditational tool. It's what we do in meditation. Is we, We're not trying to accomplish something in meditation. We're just being present with who we are in meditation. And that's a way to sort of begin that conscious awareness that I have a self that wants to just be and it wants to do what it came here to do. So we don't have to worry about all the rules and laws and codes and all, all that that want to tell us how to behave. Uh, we just need to be present with who we are. Now, that doesn't mean I'm giving everybody license to go out there and misbehave. But it does mean that when we are coming from that deepest core essential nature of who we are, we, we, just, we just move into what people would call right action. Uh, we, don't, we, we don't have to force it. It is natural for us to be compassionate about other people and about ourselves it is natural for us to have passion that will well up inside of us and 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 urge us like the, the same kind of urgency that the that the oak, tr- oak acorn feels feels when it uh, brings that tree into its fullest manifestation we we have that kind of urging through our passion that gets us to move That gets us into the dance of life that, you know, have you ever been in a, in a nightclub or at a concert or something somewhere and the music starts going and your body just starts moving and you're just in it. You're just in that zone of the music and the music starts carrying your body to do this kind of dance and move this way and do that. Um, you know, that's one of the things I love about freestyle is there's no, when I put your foot here and put your leg there and put your arm here and do that. It's not that. It's just you in the flow of your own energy into the music. And uh, so you get into that. It's a kind of surrender. Well, that's the same thing that happens inside of us with passion. The passion gets our body moving in the shape of its design. And and we go with it. And uh, that's so that's part of how we surrender to the divine self and what we discover and one of the reasons i'm so free to call it divine self is when we when we discover the authentic self we discover its sacred power we discover its holiness or its wholeness we discover how um for lack of a better word magical that actually is to be present with your deepest essential core nature um so, when, we're, when we want a miracle to happen, you know, so many people are out there trying to tell us that we have to practice the law of attraction. I have a book that says something very different about that and, and, in fact, offers us a new law of attraction. It's called The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. You can get that on Amazon.com. That'll tell you much more about what I'm trying to say today than what I can say today in this short time. But... The, the people that are teaching us about the law of attraction are teaching us that we have to put effort into making our thoughts think positive and making our feelings feel positive and drawing that vision board and put that effort out there and then the universe will bring you what you want. And I I say that's not surrender. And I don't think a single miracle happens without surrender. Uh, and so when we want something, the passion comes up and desires that something to, to be had to be had, what we can know first is that it's already ours because we're one with everything, and also because we we've imagined it that made it ours so so we can just know that what is ours is ours, and we can walk into that thing and it and live it, and it will be true, and so that's not the law of attraction that's the law of surrender, <laughs> so we can surrender to having what is already ours that's what i mean by that law of surrender we surrender to having what is already ours the the tree is already in the acorn the tree is already in that acorn and so the, the you know the tree the tree is going to come out of that acorn it's going to manifest it's going to happen because it's already in it And that was was what will happen with our passion. Our passion will manifest what is ours, because it is ours, and because that's what we came here to do. If we get out of the way, if we stop trying to push the river and trying to make it happen, then we can experience that welling up of passion that brings us to that miracle we're looking for. One of the things Albert Einstein says, and I'm not going to quote him exactly, but that we cannot, that, that we cannot, have the same mindset in a miracle that we had before the problem was, as the problem was still in existence. So the problem carried one mindset, the solution carries another. And so basically, that's true with surrender. That when we're not in surrender, we have one mindset. When we are in surrender, we have a whole other mindset. And that mindset is all about the current the fish is swimming in, the V that you can head your boat toward, the the, the flock of birds that all are flying in the same rhythm, and the same pace, and the same timing, because they're all surrendered to that, that kind of um, psychic current that they're all in. Um, so they move in that same way, and, and that's instinctual to them to do that. So they, they trust that completely. They trust it, and it happens. And that's what I'm talking about, about surrender. If we trust the process that our acorn is going to become an oak tree then we will be there for the presence of that process. We will be present with the process as it unfolds, and life will be a joyful experience. So when we talk about periods of bliss or, or, or uh, peace, people talk about how they just want to live in bliss and peace all the time. And what they generally mean is they're supposed to stay in a meditative state all the time. And there's some truth to that, that, that there is a kind of meditation we walk in, that and and, uh, many people call it walking meditation. But uh, I don't think we need to push that. I don't think we need to force that because I think we'll get in our way and we won't have what we want when we do that. On the other hand, when we surrender to the flow of life and we trust the process that life is generative and it's generating inside of us to bubble forth and and bring out what's already there, then we will, uh, that peace and joy come natural. We don't have to go looking for them. They're just natural. I've worked with people in therapy who've discovered and, and dealt with very, very painful, difficult feelings simultaneously to feeling a great deep peace. So what's happening there is they're getting in touch with deep emotions that the authentic self is touching and is, and is, uh, is fully aware of and probably has been aware of for years. And the peace comes from going, oh... I'm going to be in that now. I'm going to be surrendered to that feeling now. I'm not going to avoid it anymore. I'm not going to run from it anymore. And so there's a kind of comfort in dealing with this deep sorrow, for example, while simultaneously feeling this deep peace. Because we are finally letting ourselves surrender to that feeling. We're not running from it anymore. Um, So we can have that peace even in difficult times. So it, when we're talking about that what we want to have that peace and bliss all the time that doesn't mean avoiding difficult feelings or calling those feelings negative which is terrible I wish we wouldn't st- I wish we'd stop doing that um, it does mean that we can be present with what is there's a kind of isness to it that uh, uh, we can just be present and I'm not just talking about you know the old vernacular uh, it is what it is, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about that kind of sort of apathetic giving up that says it is what it is, I'm talking about a a real presence with what is, what is within me, what is without me, what sounds am I hearing in the room, what, what colors are on the wall, what does that person's eyes look like, what's really going on uh, between us right now, being really present with it. So not only does that allow us to really know what's going on between us and other people and us in the world, but it also is that kind of surrender that just allows us to manifest what is most true in us. And I find that when I'm doing that, and I don't always do it either, but when I'm doing that, which is much more often than it used to be, uh, I just say what my gut has to say. I just say what my deepest core essential nature has to say. And, And... I'm going to let people react to that as they do some people will misunderstand some people will will think that's I'm um, being too blunt some people although i I am very careful not to to I'm very careful to to uh to say it in a way that's authentically respectful of the other people as well as my own self so um, uh, some people might think that that to be authentic is you know to not fit into the passive aggressive uh societal functions that's how we function in the western world very commonly is to be passive aggressive and so they're they're like what are you doing being real and stuff you don't want to do that stop rocking our boats Um, so but other people will just be very welcoming of that realness and uh, receive it with open arms and a sense of belonging so i guess i've given you an idea today of what it means to surrender to the divine self i would ask you to to continue to explore that concept The concept of divine self in and of itself is worthy of exploration. And then the concept of surrender is worthy of exploration. That we need to be talking about this a lot more than we are. Instead of talking about getting and getting and getting, like the law of attraction wants us to talk about, let's talk about surrendering and surrendering and surrendering. Because we already have it all. Because we already have it all. That's all we have for today. Remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself
1: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1pm Pacific, 4pm Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network We'll talk again next week